0: Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast, this is episode 34, you got Chris and Brian. Um, this time we're going to talk about ammo selection for defensive uses in firearms, um, particularly in pistols and AR-15 pattern carbines or
1: rifles. Yes. Um, guys, this conversation comes directly out of a couple opportunities here very recently to actually go test drive um, some real world branded ammo um and, and had an opportunity to shoot some rifle rounds and some pistol rounds through auto glass specifically through a windshield um and then also through a car door um a, a front driver's side door specifically out of a ford escape i think it was um anyway um and in the what the genesis behind this was a customer of ours a guy uh, jason has spent a significant amount of time doing some internet research looking for a house load, an in indoors, uh, close quarters round for um, a, a rifle. And I don't know if it's specifically a short barrel rifle or a 16-inch barrel rifle or an AR pistol or something like that for home defense. But we brought in some Hornady Critical Defense FTX 73 grain ammo uh, specifically. So we were playing around with that, and then some other rounds came out because we were on the range with other guys who wanted to kind of test out their party ammo slash duty ammo. Um, So I'm going to start off uh, with just a real quick blurb um, off the topic of rifle and pistol, but shotgun ammo. Um, Shotgun ammo is a really, really weird thing. If you need a slug um, because you need to shoot through something or you need to put a round specifically where it needs to go, be extremely cautious of that mentality because that slug will go through wherever it needed to go and keep right on going. For a very long time. A very, very long distance. Um, and generally carry a boatload of energy with it beyond that target. So, so be cautious with that mentality about well, the slug is a select point target. That's fine as long as nothing's behind that target for you know a half mile, uh, or or a brick wall is behind that target immediately, and that's a wonderful thing. <clears throat> um, shotgun ammo, as far as birdshot goes, there's so much mythology out there around um, running birdshot inside the house for lower penetration. Um, it's just that it's mythology. Shotgun rounds at close distance act like a unitized projectile going down range out to about 30 feet. They punch through stuff and keep right on going and are just as lethal on the far side of drywall up close. Um, at distances, maybe there's an advantage there at some point, but it, you know, if you got that much distance, leave. Um, don't, don't be there. Um, check out what works in your gun. Uh, we've had really good luck with the Federal... Um, Federal does a flight control wad in both their buckshot load and in their four buck load. It uh, keeps things pretty tight, keeps things where you want it. You don't have a lot of flyers. Um, you know, test off that load in your gun, see if it works, and, and go from there. And I'm, I'm going to leave shotgun ammo alone other than to say that. Um, you know, if you got another pet load that you like, great. Um, just go test it and make sure it patterns the way you think it's going to so you know where it's going. And then maybe take a look at what it does at drywall. It's pretty cheap to go buy a couple of Bushida drywall from Home Depot and, and smack it onto a couple of 2x4s and get a good analog for an actual interior wall in a house. So, um, Rifle rounds, back to the Hornady Critical Defense FTX 73 grain. Hornady's website bills this specific round as a home defense round, a personal defense round, um, and, and there's no mention of short barrel rifle or, or AR pistol versus a 16-inch gun, but when they test it, they produce a video on their website, and when they test that round, um, they get seven to ten inches of penetration um, with that round out of a 16 inch gun into what they're saying is calibrated 10% gelatin. Um, that is an absolute no go, full stop fail uh, from a defensive perspective. You know, the FBI puts out the idea of needing that 12 inches of penetration. That's a defensive round for a very, very good reason. Um, you know, the the reality check is the bad guy may be a big dude who has 12 inches of stuff you need to go through to get to his vitals. The bad guy may be sideways to you or turned at an angle to you. You know, in an oblique fashion, and you got a lot more meat to go through. The bad guy may have his hands up in front of him, holding a samurai sword or a pistol pointed at you or something like that, and you may need to shoot through some beefy forearms and then still through a big dude to get to vital organs, you need that 12 inches as a minimum. Um, the FBI has thrown that data out there, and it's not willy-nilly. When you compare, um, and this is according to, if you if you Google a dude, uh, Doc KGR, Doc Roberts, there's a couple guys out there who, who have been able to compile a ton of real-world data Um, The FBI's data comes from autopsies. It comes from going into bodies and looking at how far this stuff penetrates and what it does on a body. If you look at the average depth of penetration um, for rifle rounds, 12 inches is where it needs to go and you look at the analog of that same round in ballistic gelatin, it goes 12 inches of gelatin plus or minus an inch or so as a bare minimum. That same round goes 12 inches of tissue in cadavers and autopsies. Um, now, the plus or minus may be significantly greater because bodies are not as homogeneous as 10% ballistic gelatin because there's bone and other types of connective tissue and whatnot and then there's soft places too. But in general, if you have a round that goes through 12 inches of ballistic gelatin, the average depth of penetration on cadavers on bodies on live living torsos is about 12 inches and it's pretty—it's a pretty good analog. So that's not like a with a grain of salt and bodies are different. and. I, I get that, but in general, there's a pretty good one-to-one ratio comparison there. So, looking at that, we tested the um, Hornady Critical Defense with without having done any, you know, really background on it from that perspective. Customer wanted it, so we brought it in, took a box to the range, shot it through a windshield um, at a target, uh, about, I would say, 20 to 24 inches behind the windshield. So a little bit of offset, and then same thing with the car door. Um, that round was coming apart in a big, big way. It was punching an inch and a half-ish hole in the target that was a bunch of fragmentation shoving through cardboard. Um, if you were using that round on a bad guy, that's probably not gonna do a whole lot of damage. You might get a psychological stop, the bad guy may realize he's been shot and may decide to give up, but if you got somebody who's not rational, just plain mean, high on something, drunk, whatever, or you know, maybe mentally, um, off, it's it's not going to give you the physiological stop, whether it's hydraulics or electronics. Um, so that was kind of an eye opener for that round. That's what pushed me into doing a little bit more research about it to see kind of what was going on with it. If you take that same round on tissue and push it into a ten and a half or eleven and a half inch gun, your penetration now pushes through thirteen inches. So the moral of the story, the testing that we did with a fourteen and a half inch gun with a suppressor. So probably an analogous to a 16-inch gun, velocity-wise, with free bore boost and whatnot, um, you realistically were getting the same behaviors you'd get out of a 16-inch gun, and that velocity makes that bullet tear itself apart. Out of a short barrel gun, it actually gives you 13 inches of penetration, and it comes apart. So the penetration, you know, over-penetration inside common building materials would likely be reduced. I say likely. Again, go test these things yourself. Mm-hmm um but it it's an interesting round out of a short barreled gun for home defense um, but as soon as you get the velocity up where you're going to get with a 14 and a half inch or 16 inch barrel that round is coming apart quickly and not penetrating so be aware of some of these things as you go out you know and, and you're looking for the newest coolest G wiz ammo um, one of our uh, partners in the business and one of our, our cohorts at the range had Federal T3 Tactical, which is what uh, one of our large local law enforcement agencies uses, and it is a 62 grain round that is bonded, the jacket's bonded to the core, uh, pointed soft point, and that round penetrated the auto glass and the car door. Um, It mushroomed, I would guess, to probably about 30 caliber, give or take, again I realize this isn't terribly scientific, but it remained unitized and punched a, basically a 30 caliber hole in the target behind it. Um, If if your residential situation leads you to not be as concerned about overpenetration, i.e. there's no one else in the house to worry about but you and your neighbors aren't right on top of you, or you live in a house that has a brick exterior, that's likely to stop that bullet. Don't forget about windows. Know your target foreground and what's beyond. Um, But understand that that round, if you're law enforcement, uh, or or it's your trunk monkey, it's the gun you're going to carry around with you in the world, as your legal pistol AR with your CHL, um, if you need to shoot through auto glass, car doors, etc., that would be a much better choice than the Hornady. And that's not to rule the Hornady out or to exclude it completely. Just understand what your parameters are, what the performance is you need, and what device you're pushing that round out of. So um, it was kind of illuminating because, like I said, it forced me to go back and look at some data and do some research. Um, other than, wow, this is a curious thing my customer wants, let's go see what it does. So it turns out this customer's research led him in the right direction for precisely what he wanted it for. Um, but lest you go buy something, understand that the sledgehammer is not for hanging tack nails to hang pictures on, and the tack hammer is not for driving great big stakes into the ground or busting up concrete. So the right tool for the job, right?
0: Absolutely. Um, to the extent that some of our you know, local law enforcement friends actually carry two different rifle rounds, Yes. Um, one design, you know, if they're out on the street and they've got to shoot through vehicles, um, they're using one particular round. And yep. if they're working inside of structures, they're gonna switch
1: mags, um, jack that round out of the chamber and go to their other load. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and that's, that's also a pretty high speed uh, consideration. If, if you want to run two different rounds, um, you make sure you've got your poop in a group, make sure that your training is squared away. Um, that your SOPs, that you've got those lined up in your head as a civilian um, or as an an other than tactical law enforcement individual, make sure you're grabbing the right mag, figure out a good way to ID those mags. I mean, we're still having people, not us personally, but across the country, there are still folks loading 300 blackout rounds into 556 guns and blowing stuff up. Um, So if you can't get past telling the difference with that on the range on a sunny day, um then then you know make sure you're doing something to visually and tactilely identify what ammo is going where and when because it might matter um you know i've read some articles recently about you know shoot throughs you know are something that we're over concerned about that it's, it doesn't happen as often as we think in general those articles tend to apply to handgun rounds rifle rounds are a whole different beast so you know there's definitely a cautionary tale there do your research maybe go build a wall or two, maybe go see what it does. I realize that's informal and a little, hey y'all, but um, at least it gives you some comfort in knowing that you you know mentally kind of put some of those questions to bed. But if you're gonna do it, do it quasi scientifically enough to matter. So, um, Also a good thing to do with your tribe. If you've got a group of folks that you shoot with and train with and, and are like-minded, maybe that's a little bit of a range day that you prep for folks so they can see it because it is a proof is in the pudding kind of thing. Um, I would not have believed that the Hornady round would have come apart as as much as it did going through auto glass and car doors, especially just one layer of sheet metal. Um, it, it came, no matter what it touched, it was coming apart out of that 14.5 inch gun. So, um, I won't belabor the point on the rifle stuff anymore. That same day uh, that we were playing around the range with this stuff, we also had an opportunity to push some of our defensive rounds that we carry in our guns downrange. And and quite honestly, had another come-to-Jesus experience with a round that I thought would perform differently, not necessarily worse than I'd expected, but differently than I'd expected. Um, I generally carry a Glock 19 with a 4-inch barrel. I almost always carry uh, Federal HST plus P124 grain uh, rounds. what I experienced shooting those rounds through auto glass and through automotive sheet metal, a door, not not A pillars or anything like that, um, or B pillars, but through the door was that that round comes apart to some extent too, even with auto glass. Um, you know, a lot of the newer bonded defensive rounds, especially ones that are geared toward law enforcement, like the Winchester Ranger, the Federal HSTs, um, the Spear Gold Dot G2s, uh, the new stuff especially is really good. Um, I was expecting that round to maintain unitization, maintain integrity a little better than it did. Having said that, I carry that round generally as a defensive round for people, not for vehicles. And I can live with the idea of having to put multiple rounds in the right place really quickly. That's why I carry a 19 most of the time and not a 43. but having said that, I still kind of I was still kind of surprised how much that round came apart shooting through those type of barriers. Uh, I had shot that round through drywall; it does not do that through drywall. It stays together really well, and does what it's supposed to. But apparently, um, auto glass is and nasty does, stuff is tough stuff. Yeah, and 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 also we were shooting this at straight through the auto glass, perpendicular to the axis of bullet travel. Um, so we were shooting it at ninety degrees to the window, not with the window angled as it normally would be in a car, which is a much tougher at that point, a much tougher obstacle to overcome when it's angled versus when it's perpendicular. So, um, you know, so like I said, we had that experience. Uh, one of our other partners had HST 147 grains, um, punched that through, that round went straight through, stayed unitized, punched a hole in the target, did a real good job. Um, one of our uh, one of our other uh, friends that we trained with, part of the tribe, the guy had a 40 caliber Glock running Winchester Rangers, not the new bonded Ranger, but the older Ranger, and had, um, core jacket separations to the extent that at 20 inches, the it looked like two bullets for every shot. The the jacket was going through the target, maybe an inch or two offset from the core of the bullet. Um, you know, and I don't we don't know what kind of condition the bullet is was in, other than to say that the bullet was still together, but the jacket separated completely. Um, my understanding is the new Winchester Rangers are bonded. They don't do that, um, and that's also not to say that that core didn't still expand and do whatever it would have needed to do. Uh, but there was a distinct separation. Uh, that led to a conversation with uh, one of our tribe who studies this stuff uh, as a law enforcement officer and training officer. And right now the FBI's testing for defensive handgun rounds in nine millimeter. Um, the the clear choice is Spear Gold Dot G2 147 grain, especially if you're four inches or longer in barrel length. Uh, unfortunately, that round is a unicorn, it's almost impossible for civilians to get their hands on, and even for law enforcement is a very, very expensive option. Um, Immediately behind that is Federal HST uh, 147 grain, again assuming a 4 inch barrel or longer, Um, and and I would say that applies to a shorter barrel gun too, as long as your gun will feed it. Um, We tend to recommend the 147s for the little guns because you won't utilize the powder to gain the velocity of a plus P in a gun that small. the new Winchester Ranger bonded stuff is supposed to be really good. Um, there's a new critical duty bonded round out there that's supposed to be really good. You know, So some of this is split in hairs. As long as you're buying what's current technology in use by law enforcement, you're probably going to get a really good product. But understand that they may be designed for different things. Um, and I, I go back to the 124 grain plus P kind of coming apart on those intermediate barriers. If you're law enforcement Um, I'm gonna be carrying the 147 almost for certain. If you're a civilian, then I'll leave it up to you for whichever's better. If you perceive you're at greater risk outside the home, um, especially around vehicles, if you travel a lot, maybe you're in sales and you drive a lot, then maybe you want that 147. Um, Maybe if you're in areas where there's a lot of people out and about on their feet, then maybe you want the 124 plus P because maybe the fact that that round comes apart a little bit will aid in preventing that over penetration concern. So.
0: yeah you know when you do get that new defensive ammo make sure it feeds reliably in your pistol yes um, also figure out where it hits you know from a point of aim point of impact standpoint at probably five seven 10 15 25 yards yep and then do the same thing with the ammo that you use for training so if you're running a you know a different ball round for training purposes you want to figure out you know where your point of aim point of impact is and try to get those two to you. It's like, to be at the same place as much as you can.
1: Yeah, if you can get those two rounds to line up, or you can zero your weapon for what you carry, and then understand where your offsets are with your training ammo, and as you score targets, adjust those kind of things. You know, if uh 124 grain plus P out of my gun hits dead nuts at 25 yards, but the 124 grain Uh, Top shot that I'm running tends to run about three to four inches low at 25 yards. So if my group is low on a B8, but I still have a group and not a shotgun pattern, I I know that the gun's doing what I'm going to need it to do, and I'm not going to change my hold for training ammo because my little mouse brain doesn't need that kind of confusion. Um, But absolutely understand those things. Um, Also, as another good example, I had a customer recently purchase a Glock 42. Um, Glock 42s in general are... um, Pardon the use of this phrase, but there are somewhat bipolar. There are Glock 42s that it just doesn't matter. They work no matter what you put in them uh, in 380. And then there are Glock 42s that are super, super, super finicky. And Glock can't tell you why one does behaves one way and one behaves the other. Um, the gun we sold to this gentleman was unfortunately very, very finicky. Uh, we actually sent the gun back to Glock, um, got it back, and Glock said, here's the list of ammo you should be using in that gun. These are things that will work. Um, and he, when he went and got that, that ammo, it worked flawlessly. When he ran the other ammo, and this is after getting the gun back, the other ammo would not work. Um, so it was actually less finicky before he sent it back. So, you know, just be aware of that. Certain guns like certain things. Um, another quirk, Glock 43s. Um, 147 grain or long hollow point bullets in Glock 43s. Generally, you need to rack the gun to chamber around. You can't just hit the little uh, slide lock and let it go forward Uh, on a lot of longer 147s. It simply doesn't work, but that's the round you want to carry in the gun, so maybe you need to adjust how you run the gun and understand that you know even under one-handed manipulation, intra shooter kind of stuff, you're not going for the button, but you're going to catch the sights on something and rack it so you get that full movement of the slide to the rear. Um, Those are all things that you have to experience, confirm, and then train to, and then confirm again that you fixed it. So there's a process there. Make sure you're utilizing it. So it's it's just your butt. Yeah. So yeah. So a little bit of exploration that we did on AMO. Um So absolutely, if you guys have questions about it or want to have a conversation about it, please stop in. Um, if you want to talk about nine millimeter versus forty-five, uh, that conversation is in the parking lot over by Aldi. Um, that one doesn't need to come in the shop because it's boring. Uh, but otherwise, we'd like to talk about that. So yeah, the uh,
0: the forty-cal conversation doesn't exist around here. Forty what? Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, stop in and see us. We're at Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Um, you can see us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Cap City Outfitters and visit on the web. Visit us on the web at um, CapCityOutfitters.com. Thanks much, guys.